feel the heat of the game. The crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk. When we played Hibs, we had to bus six players in two buses because we were told that that's the way it has to be. Three people on a 52-seater bus. Andy Walker giving his opinion. I don't think it would have been a job knowing how football works these days. And like I said, we weren't doing a conga because Scotland qualified for the Euros. Giving some downtime like we all were. And this has been a stick to beat us with, these photographs, and it's completely preposterous. The Goal Radio Football Show. With Paul Cooney, Stephen Cregan and Craig Moore. With OPC Energy Limited, the renewable energy specialists. Call 0808 17 17 700. Let's go! Well, as Rangers dominate, they continue to dominate on the field. It's Celtic dominating the news cycle. Front pages, back pages, radio, TV, online. As the fallout from Neil Lennon's explosive media conference... Yesterday continues. Shortly we hear from Scott Brown, who faced the media via Zoom today, about the next steps. The next steps being Livingston tomorrow at Almond Vale. Rangers fans, uh, what do you reckon? A slip up at the weekend, but no change at the top. Still 21 points. Yes, Celtic have three points in hand. But even Neil Lennon was saying yesterday that maybe there is uh, too much, too it's too big of a mountain to climb. He didn't say those words, uh, Stephen Crane, but he did say maybe the title has now gone. But nobody at Rangers except accepting it yet. Where do you stand on all this? Uh, the uh, furor over the last couple of days, Stephen. You've seen uh, football and commented for a long time. Scottish football is just a gift that keeps on giving. You know, if you're trying to fill the airwaves and you're trying to fill the news and you're wanting back page headlines and front page headlines, Scottish football never disappoints. Which always surprises me why we can never get a major sponsor because any news is, you know, good news and bad news is it's publicity for some to come in and throw money at everything that goes along. But uh, there's so much to dig into, Paul, with no idea what direction it's going to take. I think Neil Lennon was like a boxer going out in the 12th round of a fight, Craig, knowing mm. he's behind on points. He's going out for one round, one final slugfest, just to throw as many punches as he can to try and keep himself afloat. That's what it felt like yesterday for me, Neil Lennon coming out, which we wouldn't <clears> have expected anything else than Neil Lennon to try and come out and protect himself and his players. Yeah, now you're spot on there. Uh, look, he showed the, the fight that you would expect. Um, it was an explosive uh, presser, um, you know, covered quite a lot in the in the press conference. Um, look, at the end of the day, I think Celtic travelling to Dubai at the time, um, it was allowed. So there was no issue with that. But in hindsight, they've come out with a statement and, and, and that reflects that they believe it was an error. It was a mistake. Um, if they come back and, and got two results, obviously they've come back and had two draws. So again, that allows... Um, I guess all the media to to to, to jump a, a little bit higher, harder. Um, one one thing for me as well. I mean, Julian was a, was a player that come back with the initial uh, COVID, and then obviously the the 13, 15 players and staff were thirteen players yeah, and three thirteen staff. three. Yeah, uh, having a having a self isolate. Again, hindsight should he travel being injured? If you're talking about preparation, so but. As you touched on, Neil Lennon fighting like we always expect uh, and protecting um, himself, the club, the team. Um, so fair play to him. Mm. 
Stephen, you feel as though there's going to be change from top to bottom because you've got the, the chief executive coming out just a few days ago yeah. and apologising to the Celtic fans and saying, you know, with hindsight, it was a mistake and we shouldn't have done it. And the manager coming out uh, 48 hours before tomorrow's match with Livingston and putting his point of view, which was a different one, although he said, it's it, it's down to me, not the chief executive, it was my decision to go to Dubai. He made some great points, though. Nobody in the Scottish government said you can't go. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and we know... With hindsight, it wasn't the right thing to do. But you wonder what would have happened if Celtic had beaten Rangers and then if they hadn't you know, got the two cases now. Mm. It's ifs, buts and maybes. And we're all in football. People are piling in, in on football. And football could, uh, this could, it could be to the detriment of yeah. Scottish football. Well, first of all, with regards to the trip, there's far more questions than there is answers. You know, there's so yeah. many questions getting fired at Celtic and the reasons they went. And I think that far outweighs the answers, which tells you they shouldn't have went. We know that. Um, hindsight, you, know, you can talk about hindsight, but it was quite clear the warnings were there leading up be- between November and, and, and early January. It was quite clear, you know, the COVID protocols and regulations and, and, and the cases were only going one way. And it's changing it only going up. daily. It's changing daily. On the football side of things, I think you're right. There comes a time when things need changed. Sometimes it's just change for the sake of change, to freshen everything up, to try and inspire, to try and lift everyone. It's been an incredible run for Celtic. Nine league titles in a row, 12 trophies in a row is phenomenal. But it just seems like the end of the road for a few, whether it's players, whether it's staff, whether it's board members, there just seems, there's just that feeling comes out. I mean, Craig, you were probably there around about when Rangers didn't get 10 in a row, they had their nine and there was incredible changes across the board you know everything was slashed players moved on new players brought in it feels like this is similar yeah and I look I think there's a you know the, the noise coming out from the Celtics uh, supporters at this moment in time I think what they're looking for is a change of personnel player wise certainly staff wise and also uh, the board um, so there are some challenging times um, for Celtic moving forward this is what Neil Lennon had to say then about the title race. Listen, the league may be beyond us, but we'll not stop trying. So, well, what we have to do is start winning games on a consistent, regular basis, and you know the players have proved they can do that. Well, he was—he's uh, quite clear about it there because I mean Barry Ferguson last night on this program, he was surprised. He said, "I'm surprised that Neil Lennon yeah. has said that." He said, "I admire the way he's coming out uh, fighting." Sure. He said, I'm surprised that the manager has uh, almost conceded. Well, it's a, it's a hard one, you know. It's like you, you always want to be positive um, because that is a, in terms of the reflection you want in terms of your playing group. But I'm surprised also to hear Neil Lennon say that, you know, maybe it, it has slipped. It's something that you would think normally would stay indoors, you'd keep indoors. Uh, but at the same time, fair play to him because it's, it's a reality. I think that Rangers are too far ahead. I think the league is over and he's probably just, you know, saying what everybody else is thinking. He's a realist. Let's be honest. You know, you can talk about and say we shouldn't be saying that. He should still be thinking they've got a chance. He did say a thing in probably the next sentence. You know, we're not going to give up on it. No, of course. We're going to try and win our game and see where it takes us. But let's be honest. When we look at it, it's probably beyond us. And we're not going to say any different. We think it's probably beyond them. So if Neil Lennon came out and said, we can win that title, we can go and get it, you're almost looking to think, is he a little bit deluded? Yep. Has he missed something here? You know, has he missed the fact that his team are 21 points behind Rangers? So he is being a realist. He's not going to give up, which I wouldn't expect he would. But in the grand scheme of things, he's seeing the bigger picture and being very honest. Mm-hmm. And the bookies who don't often get it wrong, Craig, have uh, Eddie Howe's five to one on to oh, be yeah. the new Celtic manager. Yeah. And look, I, I think that um, I think he is a massive front runner for the job. Um, for me, the question is when when does that job take place? Um, and and you know, I think Stevie, we touched on, on it offline, like. 
Celtic's dilemma now is preparation and building for next season, in my opinion. So if you're going to do that, um, I, I don't believe that Neil Lennon will be here after 10 if he was going to win 10 in a row or, or he didn't. I thought he was going to be leaving next season. But I think that that may be hurried a little now. I think that you would probably need a new manager to come in to be able to have a, a good look at the roster, see what he wants to do for the, for the upcoming season. You've got two spots for the Champions League also. Um, and some players who might be thinking about leaving with a new manager might all of a sudden have a change of heart and want to re-sign with the football mm. club. So there's a lot that they need to go through. But I think it will happen this season. Mm. I just think some clarity. That's all people want is just something moving forward, knowing what the plans are, knowing what the expectations are, where the players are going to be. Everyone, I think supporters want clarity of what the next step is for the club, what direction they're going to take because they realise they need to change. They need a new driving force somewhere within the club. As you say, if it happens this season, I think it has to happen very soon. Yep. yep. Uh, so Scott Brown has been speaking to the media in the last couple of hours, and but he wouldn't be drawn and he didn't get into the argument about Dubai. I think he spoke about it when he, he came did. back from Dubai, but he's been cooped up. Can you imagine being cooped up for 10 days? <laughs> you two have played at the highest level. What must it have been like for... Oh, my you know, God. Can you imagine it? 10 uh, days. I'm a nightmare, yeah. to be fair, at the best of times. Ants in my pants. Uh, you know, so yeah. this, you know, 10 days and... The, the self isolation and it's it's tough. We you know we've touched on that outside of the football, the the the, the mental health issues and challenges yep. and all that sort of stuff. Um, Brownie was the one that first came out and obviously spoke about the, the trip. I think when they first arrived back, um, so that he's parked that recently and left that because he's, he's he said what he's needed to say on that particular matter. So here he is talking about tomorrow night's match at Livingston and has there been a bigger match for them this season? Probably never such a big match when they face Livingston. We're obviously not in the best position, but we have got three games in hand. We need to make sure we win those games. We need to make sure we hit top form. The now, we need to make sure that we keep believing as well because we've always got the faith and we've always got that positivity and we know that we can keep winning games and that's what we have to do to try and put pressure on our rivals. The concern would be that there's so many players have sat in the house for 10 days whether they've been doing their own kind of individual fitness programs in the house whether it's just body weight stuff whether they've had a, a bike doing some cycling a roam machine I don't know but nothing replicates getting out in the training pitch and being able to run about and play football and train for your specific sport so the concern would be tomorrow that too many start you know the long term injury aspect of things massive concern the Livingston pitch you know, it's an astroturf pitch. Does that come into the manager's thinking? Mm. So I'd imagine he might want to play two or three of them. I suppose the bonus he has on his side is that he can make five subs. Yeah. So he could effectively play almost, you know, he could play five of them and rest five and, and bring the other five on. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how he works it out, the dynamic of the team selection. But quite clearly after the previous two games, the team needs a little bit of experience, needs a little bit of leadership to come in. There's plenty of players with that will be available tomorrow night. Mm -hmm. But um, I just wonder long term, you know, certainly the injury aspect, being out for 10 days, you know, that's, that's a big risk. That's a great point. It's a great point because I think everyone just sees it all of a sudden now that all these players are available for selection. But as you touch on, they're available for selection on the back of 10 days of doing very, very little. Mm. Um, and, and look, there's every chance that majority of those players, if they're going to be involved, get away with a, a Livingston, for example. Yeah. But the next game, the next game, mm. uh, all of a sudden you start picking up injuries that again were... were on the back of the lack of preparation for that match. So, no, it's a good point, uh, Stephen, definitely. I'll tell you, in the second hour, a former Celtic player is going to join us, but he'll be wearing a different hat. 
He had a 4-1 win at the weekend. Oh, it's a great result, wasn't it? John Yogi Hughes is going to join us. It's a huge result. And we're taking your calls, 0808 17 17 700. The phones are red hot already. And we're available on all the socials at Go Football Show. Paul Cooney with Stephen Cragen and Craig Moore. And if you want to text us, go plus your message to 87474. And remember, Celtic no game this weekend, so tomorrow night there's a bit of a break after that because it's League Cup semis. Mm. So it's the first domestic tournament they've uh, made missed a match in what five years since uh, 2000 it is and it's funny without yep. you know it's nice to have something different yep. you know that Rangers and Celtic aren't involved in the semi-finals St Mirren St Johnston mm-hmm. Livingston Hibs what a chance for yep. those teams mm-hmm. to go and lay a marker down and, and write their own names into the club's history because it's been so long for some of those clubs you know so it's a great weekend for football I think the only unfortunate thing when you play for a smaller club is the fans won't be there to see yeah, yeah. you know you don't get the semi-finals very often sometimes with smaller clubs like at Livingston I can't even remember when their last semi-final mm-hmm. was you know so but, but anyway they're in good form they've got to go and attack the game but it's a real opportunity of some silverware which is terrific and the chance to go for a cup final day which you have experienced yeah, it must be like yeah. no other listen it's great I mean I wouldn't say I was unfortunate but the two cup finals I played and one was against Rangers and one was against Celtic so more often than not things are favoured against you so, so you know everything's going to have to go in your favour to try and win that cup whereas these clubs are now looking and thinking there shouldn't be any inferiority clump, uh, complex they're the same as us we can go and get after them budgets are very similar so you know, lots to play for and lots of excitement. Yep, that's St Johnson Hibs on Saturday, St Mirren Livy on Sunday. We'll hear some more from uh, Neil Lennon shortly. We'll hear from Stephen Gerrard from the weekend, the 1 1 draw at, at Motherwell. Uh, but back now to Scott Brown in front of Zoom this afternoon. And he was asked about Dubai and the protocols. Look, I'm not here to get involved with protocols and stuff like that. I'm here to talk about the game. Uh, for me, my job is to do my talking on the park and make sure that we perform and I need to make sure that. We've got all the lads bouncing for tomorrow and for me, it's just about concentrating on football and getting Celtic back to winning ways. Because 24 hours earlier, the manager was speaking about what's been going wrong, what's been happening and what people are making of it. Yeah, there seems to be some sort of agenda being driven here. We played very well at Abrox and we didn't deserve to lose the game. We were the better team. We've come back, we've been absolutely decimated by these rules. Not convinced. They're a public health issue. More seems political, more... To my, my opinion, what reputational damage has it done compared to Wraith Rovers, compared to Hamilton, compared to Kilmarnock, compared to Motherwell, compared to Aberdeen? What reputational damage has it done? Well, we had the First Minister and our Deputy saying that the trip shouldn't have happened and that the game was already on its well, why didn't, last why warning. Didn't or... us, why didn't they stop us from going then? We flew out on the Saturday. The country went into full lockdown on the Monday. You can't tell me the government didn't know that we were going into full lockdown before we flew out on the Saturday. Wow, so that was uh, yesterday. And he's spot on. I believe yeah. he's spot on. The, the, you know, the government would have known. Um, the, gov- the government didn't do anything about that. Um, and, and therefore, again, in my opinion, Celtic, by travelling, didn't do anything wrong in terms of the, the health regulations. Uh, you know, we've touched on whether it was a right or, or wrong decision, and I think majority agree that hindsight it was a wrong de- decision. But, you know, he raises a few really, really good points. And, and again, like I says, he's... he's He's fighting for he's fighting for everything. It's, there's nothing worse when you're feeling as if you're being attacked left, right, and centre on the back of um, you know the performance is not really being there. Uh, you know the squad decimated. Obviously, he's missed the last couple of games through uh, the, the trip and all that sort of stuff. Look, nobody teaches you how to handle these situations in the media, um, and it's really really difficult. But he's front and centre, and to be fair, he's, he's he's there to be shot at. But Neil Leonard is is fighting, and I love that about that. Mm-hmm. He speaks about agenda, but Neil's. Been in Glasgow, 
long enough to understand, you know, the coverage of the club. That if you step out of line, if things aren't right, uh, off the pitch, never mind on the pitch, then you're going to be covered. They're going to go after you. They want to ask every, you know, detail possible. And I think he mentioned it somewhere in his press conference yesterday that he felt he knew the risk if someone got COVID when they were away. He yeah. mentioned he kind of mentioned it briefly, something about we knew what would happen if someone got it. Mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. if you think that before you go, then you, then, then, then you can't got, be yeah. going. And which tells me there was a doubt somewhere. Well, I've said it before that someone, he touched on it there, it should have been taken out of his hands. He said it was his responsibility. He said, I said to the board and, and my medical staff and my coaching staff were ready to go. Mm-hmm. Someone far higher than him, whether someone higher at Celtic Football Club or someone yeah. higher at the SPFL, the SFA or the Scottish government should, should have said, mm-hmm. you're not going, yeah. end off. Because if losing the money was a concern, the reason they went was for performance reasons. And they came back against Tibbs and they're a full team missing. So the money was wasted anyway because performance reasons yeah, yeah. were was gone because you were having to play half a team with young boys. So I, I I just can't work out the balance of why it all went the way it did. And, and the thing the thing is like we were actually debating already before Celtic went away to Dubai whether it was a right or wrong. Everybody was. So, so you're talking Everybody about, was. So, so there you go. When you've got when you've got that debate happening before something actually happens, I I know exactly what you're saying. They shouldn't have went. Um, but obviously with the government, uh, if they did step in and, and take it out of Celtic's hands or Neil Lennon's hands, then uh, the situation would have never never arisen. So some of the other clubs, as you can imagine, not happy with uh, being mentioned. Uh, St Johnson, I didn't hear them in that clip, but they've mm-hmm. come out today saying, we're extremely disappointed with the completely, they say, inaccurate and unfounded comments about the facilities made by Neil Lennon at the media conference. We provide one of the largest away team changing areas in the league. Every team, including Celtic, is also provided with a large area for team meetings. Stephen, I mean, you know. Well, listen, we're not privy to that. I've not been to St Johnson during this period of time. So all we can do is take Neil Lennon's word. If he thinks it's too small, if he thinks they're all getting crammed in and he didn't think that there was enough space for his players, then we have to take him at his word. Mm. The point would be, why is it taken until now before this issue has been raised? Yep. He spoke about not being happy in Hamilton on Boxing Day. He may have raised it. It may have been passed on to the SPFL. Mm. We don't know. But it... it we have to be careful that clubs aren't shooting each other in the foot. Clubs aren't going about and pointing fingers and, and, and passing it on. You know, accept what is with you. If you're not happy with something, go through the right channels to get there yeah. and show your distaste for it. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't do it after the event in three or four months nah, weeks that, down the line. Which... And that's the thing, obviously, again, when when under attack, you ca- you kind of think about <laughs> yeah. you think about sure. all sorts of arguments yeah. that you can come up with and, and you're right. So if, if he's had ten days to think about it. And and if there's been if there's been issues that like why have have other clubs not complained, for example, about the size of the yeah. dressing rooms and all these kind sure. of things. So look, again But I think his point in that is yeah, but they're not being pilloried in the way that he is. Yeah. Do you think Neil Lennon over the years, it's twenty years, yeah. do you not think he has had a lot of unfair treatment? Well we couldn't really argue against that. Mm-hmm. He, know, absolutely he, he, has, he, he absolutely has. He absolutely has. And you know what? You can talk about you know, because he mentioned uh, professionalism, he felt some people questioned his professionalism, his players' professionalism, his characteristics. You aren't at Celtic as long as Neil Lennon has been there as a player and as a manager, and are as successful as he's been without being professional, without having strong character, it's not possible, without having the challenges he's had to face, the negativity, the threats, everything about it. So he's been absolutely terrific. And, you know, we can't judge him on this one press conference alone. Going to take a break and then we're back. More of your calls and more from Craig Moore and from Stephen Craigan next. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go! Five to seven. 
Every evening, Monday to Friday, the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Paul Cooney with Craig Moore, Stephen Cragen, and your calls on 0808 17 17 700. We'll hear more from Scott Brown. We'll hear from Ryan Christie too ahead of tomorrow night's match, Livingston against Celtic. You'll be looking forward to watching that one, Craig, tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah. no, I know it'll be it'll be a tough test again because we know uh, Celtic haven't had um, a great deal of luck most recently uh, away to Livingston. Livingston, by far, they're probably the form team of the the Premier League, uh, playing some great stuff uh, under Martindale. So it's going to be a very very difficult encounter on the back of what we've touched on in terms of lack of preparation for a for a Celtic team. At the weekend, Rangers drawing one one at Motherwell. This was Stephen Gerrard afterwards and he wasn't happy at half-time, was he? I don't think we've got any complaints in terms of the results. I think it took us 45 minutes to come to the game. Disappointed with our showing in the first half to get into them a little bit at half-time and I thought we were really good in the second half and over the course of the 90 minutes we probably deserved to win it on chances and on our second half showing but the reality is we can't come to a game at half-time when we are where we are. Stephen? Listen, Rangers have raised the bar so high for themselves this season that there's going to come a stage where players come off form a little bit you know, they've had a really tough run of games. It's been a busy period. The key when you're in that kind of stage is don't lose games. You know, they've watched Celtic drawing games coming back. The pressure's been on them all season. Rangers trying to carry that fight to get their own title. Never mind stop 10 in a row. It's just to get their own league title underway. So when you look at the likes of Ryan Kent, probably isn't the same level as what he was earlier in the season. Yep. Alfredo Morelos at this time last season had scored 28 goals. He scored 10 this season. And to flip that round, you say there's more to come from them. If they're going to Motherwell and drawing, they beat Celtic, they beat Aberdeen, they beat Hibs, the teams closest to them, weren't at their best. That's a sign of a good side. And I actually quite like how they've evolved because last season when they didn't play well, they lost games. This season when they're not playing well, they're winning games. Yeah. So that mentality switch from March, Craig, up until now has been incredible. Yeah, and I, and I think that's where Gerard has done a, a very good job, but he'll want silverware to uh, to show for it. You know, there, there has been improvement. He has needed time, and they have picked up results this season that most certainly would have dropped points last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I go back to the the home game against Motherwell, where they conceded early. Motherwell made it really, really difficult, frustrated, but eventually they they they, they rolled over the top of them. Didn't happen though uh, against Motherwell at no. Fir Park. No. Listen, Motherwell had have their own agenda. That was the issue, you know. Everyone's not out to play Rangers and go four four two or four three three and be open and attack. Yeah, yeah. Motherwell were bottom of the table. They knew a point to take them off the bottom, you know. For sort of lead so long and then get, you know get pegged back is fine. But listen, they have to come up with the answers. Teams are changing how they play against them. Yeah. When you're the best team and you're winning all the games and you're getting all the plaudits, teams change. They do sit deep, but they get men behind the ball. They want a counter attack. That's something else you have to overcome. And the pitch was tricky, but that's not having a go at the ground because you look around a lot yeah. of pitches this are time tricky. Of year. You know, the undersoil heating's burning the burning the roots, the grass goes down, we've had snow, we've yep. had hail, we've had yep. wind and rain. So listen, they're doing the best to get yeah. it on. So it maybe wasn't as fluent as what Rangers were like. And, and look, the, the key thing for me, well, it says Steven Gerrard was disappointed in the first half, right? And and, and therefore the next forty five minutes, uh, he was a, he was a lot happier. Because you're chasing a game a little bit, you know, they get the goal, it's in, uh, I think, with 20-odd minutes to, to go. Um, and, he, and he did freshen up and the substitutes once again did did make a difference. But sometimes it just it just doesn't fall. Yeah. And it was one of those games where, where it didn't fall. But again, he'll revisit that and he would have revisited that in terms of we can't start sloppy. We can't start games like that. We need to start like we finish the game um, because, again, you just you give no encouragement to your opponent if you start in the right manner. As a, a former Rangers player, um, what would the Rangers fans have to worry about in terms of the title? In other words, is there anything for them to worry about? Oh, 
Um, look, I, I think that there's still a lot of people that um, think that it's that it's over, mm-hmm. but at the same time, uh, it uh, is, uh, Craig, uh, it is uh, over. Uh, but they're, you know what I mean, Steve. They're still a little bit hesitant to to yeah. really go yeah. boom. Um, but it would be a remarkable um, shock or major fall from grace if Rangers don't go on and win the league with the lead that they they have. Um, even when they've not been at their best, they have grinded out results. And Celtic have not been able this year to keep that pressure on them. When You you know, we talked about hindsight earlier, Stephen. If you think about it, if Celtic had won the match, uh, you know, in 2nd of January, if they hadn't got the COVID and all the rest, you never know. I don't think Rangers would have lost it under Stephen Gerrard this year. No. The, the, the attitude they have and the way they're playing, yeah. but it would have been it would have been definitely tighter. There's no way they're not going to win it, is his, there? His biggest concern is complacency. And whether that kicked in in the first half on Sunday or not, I don't know. Whether they just thought they would turn up, they would win the game, they'd roll Motherwell over who were at the bottom of the league. So he yeah. probably reminded them of that at half-time and said, listen, we have to earn the right. It doesn't matter what position anyone is in this league. Yeah, we yeah. have to earn the right to win. Yeah, and I think, and again, complacency. You're looking at a club that's not won a trophy for, for such, such a long period yeah. of time. If, if, if there was any complacency within that, that football team, yeah. mate, that'd all be gone next season. Yeah. You know, it's like you've got an opportunity to, to, to win the title, to lift a trophy. So, look, that, that energy uh, and motivation will definitely be there for, for the, the remainder of the season and they should be too strong. And Motherwell played really well in the first half. Could they still go top six? Is there time in the season? Well, there is, but there would have to be you know, a really upturn in the results over the next five or six games. And to get away from trouble first and foremost, you don't do that by drawing against Rangers or drawing away to St Mirren. That takes five or six games itself, Paul. But because of the gap is so close, mm-hmm. you know, I think they've got Ross County coming up. They've still Hamilton to play. Yeah. They've still Dundee United to play again. So all the teams that they could potentially draw back in, you have to go and win them. But ultimately, yeah. you probably have to put together a four or five game winning run. And I think Livingston are a great example for anybody this yeah. season. You know, nine unbeaten, and you look you look at the how quickly they've climbed that table. So you know, it's possible if you get on a run, um, you you'll climb those spots very very quickly in this league. Here's Cammy on the line from Canvas Lang, a Rangers fan. Hi, Cammy. Good evening. Hi, guys. How you doing? Uh, good. How are you? Great. I'm great. So you want to ask about Cedric Itan? He certainly lost playing against Motherwell, doesn't he? <laughs> Yeah, he loves to go against them. <laughs> I just wanted to ask um, if, they, if the lads think they deserve, if they think it deserves a wee bit more of a chance in a Rangers jersey. He seems to be getting a game and then on the bench again. Who would you <laughs> sacrifice to start with Eton? Who would I? I'd sacrifice yeah. Morelos. Morelos. Do you think they're like for like? Do you think they're like for like in terms of what, what they can deliver for, for Rangers? Um, I think, yeah. I, th- I think I think could could do it. I think at times Morelos is on and off. Also, we saw his goals against Aberdeen, and that is that's as good as Morelos can be. But I think with a wee bit of games under his belt, maybe some goals and some confidence, I think Itton could be could be one of the best best strikers in the league. I believe that. Uh, look, I thought. Um... Very interesting comments from Steven Gerrard after the match in terms he's highly impressed with uh, with Itton's contribution, obviously. Uh, but the thing that I picked up on was that he still felt that he's a development type of player, uh, which means that, you know, he's happy with his progress but feels that there's a lot better to come, which you su- uh, suggested there. Uh, but I just found it interesting that Gerrard said that he, he's still a developing player, you know. <laughs> when you sign for a, a club like Rangers or Celtic and you're kind of an established first-team player. To hear the word development, I thought was very, very interesting. And a three million pound player, wasn't he? Yeah, but yeah. you just wonder, is that based on, you know, having to acclimatise to the Scottish game, Rangers being so dominant 
in so many games, certainly domestically, he might have to mix his game up. And I'm thinking maybe he's just talking about him developing as a player, maybe not a development player as like an under-18 player. No, 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 yeah, yeah, player. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yep. But what I think he's been unfortunate is the majority of his games have came from the right-hand side. And I think he wants to be the number nine. He wants to be that lone striker. Is there question marks? Is he quick enough to be a number nine striker? Is he quick enough to carry him behind? Well, we'll see you in, in, in the coming weeks and months, but certainly he's shown enough promise to think that he could. You then flip it over and say Alfredo Morella, Stuart Robertson came out about two months ago and said that every year Rangers now are going to have to sell one or two players. Yep. If Alfredo Morella is one of those players in their mind and he's not playing, yeah. he's not going for big money in the summer. Yeah, yeah. So it's trying to find that balance of making sure Itton's here for the next three or four years, Morelos might only be here yeah. for the next three or four months. Itton's got a lot of goals in him. He's yeah. got he's got a lot of goals in in, in this Rangers team uh, for for the remainder of this season and also for the future. And when, once he has that confidence in those regular minutes, Rangers have got a very very good striker on their hands. Mm-hmm. Cami, are you mm-hmm. happy with the answers? <laughs> yeah, I do. So I just obviously you said you don't know if he's fast enough to be a number nine. I wouldn't say Morelos is is quick. I would say Morelos uses his body more than he does his pace. Mm. Which is true, which is how he can make up the ground. You know, I've yeah. watched him often enough as of yeah. you, and he can almost occupy a back four himself. You know, I know it sounds yeah. a bit silly, but yeah. because they know he's coming, they know he's going to barge in, he can get his team up the pitch. Because if you're not quick enough to get in behind, you have to have something else in your game if your team are under pressure, particularly in Europe, to get yourself up the pitch. You've got to back in, you've got to win fouls, you've got to drag people about. And I think Morelos does that, mm-hmm. which is why yeah. probably Cami, he's slightly ahead at the minute. I mean, over time, there's no doubt that, that Cedric Gittin is going to you know, grow into an established player and, and, and he will want to be that number nine role as opposed to someone who's coming on 20 minutes and playing wide right or you know, playing as a second striker. He yeah. wants to be the main man. Strikers all want to be the main man. And, and sometimes, Cammy, just touching on the, in terms of the, the pace aspect, sometimes if that pace is not electric through the middle, as long as you have it in those wider areas where you're able to stretch opponents, you're able to threaten him behind, and then... The, the striker really his burst is five meters. How many times Morelos when you go over 15, 20 meters is 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 not quick, but he has that five five mm. yard that explosiveness Shots. to get away from a defender. I think which is really important. Great call, yeah. Cammy. Yeah. Before you go, this was the manager speaking about you know if it was going wrong, it was up to him. Two things as, as a manager, you don't want your team to do. You don't want to start a game late for sure, and you can't leave games early, especially what we're playing for. So we spoke to the players about leaving the game early last week. You know, it could have been dangerous, but we managed to get through it. Today we haven't really been ourselves and come to the game till half time, which is on me and on, on us, and um, it's something that we look at moving forward. Cammy, I guess that's it. Don't leave the game early, he's saying, and don't uh, take the title too early. There's still work to be done, but uh, it's going to be clinched sooner rather than later. Yeah, you don't. I think Rangers were um, were poor at the weekend. I thought first half, Motherwell were the better side, and I think in the end, a draw was the deserved result for both sides. Yep, a draw. Yeah, Is that th- how you saw it? Yeah, I yeah. think it was pretty fair. Like I said, I mean, um, Rangers were. Uh, certainly nowhere near their best in the first half um, but they've still managed to put themselves in a position where um, you know they've, they've got the draw uh, but after they've got the goal in the second half you're thinking that here we go yeah. you know potentially going to go on with the job so you've also got to pay respect I think to, to Motherwell uh, who, who, who've done a good job Rangers can be better they need to be better for, for 90 minutes but I think um, the reaction from Stephen Gerrard will make sure that's in place for the next game. All right, thanks, Cammy. Here's Craig, a Rangers fan from Cumbernauld, who's on the line. Craig, good evening. Good evening, uh, Paul, Hi. Stephen, Craig. How you doing? Yeah, we're good. Thanks, doing? Craig. Yeah. So, uh, what do you want to say tonight? What do you think? 
Uh, well, I, I, I'm going to just sort of prefix my, my comments here by saying two things. Uh, you know, number one, Neil Lennon is perfectly entitled to defend his position, defend his players, um, and defend the trip to Dubai uh, if he, you know, so chooses as he did yesterday. Perfectly entitled to do that. But the other thing is that I've had family members who have had this coronavirus, and um, you know, many other people have, and yep. we've all suffered because yep. of it. And when I hear a football manager, when I hear Neil Lennon say that the public health advice and the policy of self-isolating because his players had to duty Julian's uh, positive test is not anything to do with public health, but it's a political move in effect, implying a political move against Celtic. I think it's extraordinary. I really do. I think he, he's, he's got no right to make statements like that. When we're all suffering, every single one has had, had to you know, make sacrifices during this in the wider world than just football as well. So for Neil Lennon to say things like that, I think it is really insensitive to, to the situation that, that we're in as a country, as a whole. And I also think that if he's going to come out and make statements that there's a, an agenda against Celtic and that they're being bullied by the government, by the media, by the SFA, he needs to back that up with evidence because they are incredibly serious allegations that he's made and he's got nothing to back that up with. But we all know, and you guys said it earlier, he's had unfair treatment in the past. I don't deny that. That doesn't give him the right, though, to come out and make statements like that without anything to back it up. Stephen, uh, what would you say to Craig? Well, uh, there's no doubt he touched the nerve. You know, last night, uh, you know, you, social media is not a place you normally gauge things from, but I think a lot of people nowadays are spending so much time in the house that mm-hmm. social media is where everyone is. Too much time in social media. Well, they are, but yeah. that's where people are getting their opinions across yeah. and people are getting their moments across. And there's been, you know, various uh, different people tweeted things out about family members. Some have posted videos. Some from the NHS have said, well, you know, how can he say that kind of comment? Craig mentioned so, family. Yeah. yeah. So Neil has to be careful of what route he's going to go down mm. because there are so many people that are suffering. And football, unfortunately, comes secondary after life. There's not, no doubt about it. You know, life and, and health and public health is yep. most important. Mm-hmm. So that's where he has to be careful. He has to be careful he doesn't cross the line. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Craig's saying there that unless he can back it up with evidence of, of why and how they're being bullied and it's not a public health yeah. matter, then... Uh, he's, he's certainly treading on dangerous ground. Yeah, because they are—they are big—they are, big, are big words. Like mm. says, we we understand, um, obviously, him being protective and, and and being under the cosh a little bit. But there's certainly, in my opinion, there's no agenda because look, the media uh, there's there's always a fascination about Rangers or Celtic, yeah. good times, bad times, uh, and we're all over it. So th- this is no different. But we're talking about a pandemic. We're talking about a, a serious health problem. Uh, and I and I do understand Craig in terms of um, you know football clubs, individual players, influencers, and all that sort of stuff. They're the kind of stories that we're reading about. Uh, unfortunately, I think which um, you know the the, the the normal people out there, and, and I'm in the same situation where you have got family and friends that you can't see. Yep. Um, that's that that's real life, and and we can't get away from that. And it is a balancing act, uh, Stephen, which is suggested and. You've got to be very careful you don't cross that line. So you, you, you're valid points. We're all in it, Craig. Craig, I'm being told to wind up here because next up we've got John Hughes coming next. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. We'll be joined by John Hughes in a moment or two, the manager of Ross County and what a win at the weekend. Craig Moore is here, Stephen Craig in two. And you've had a message from uh, one of your former teammates at Ibrooks. 
Yes, Mr. Mr. Robert Malcolm. Uh, love his, his, his social media stuff. And I'm just reading two of the worst dressed centre halves I've ever seen. But, <laughs> <laughs> mate, but he's missed himself out because. He has. Uh, Stephen, you know, you, you know him obviously yeah, for the days as Motherwell as well. He, he was at Motherwell. There's no doubt. Did, Bob, yeah. Bob didn't set the, the uh, fashion sense in Motherwell, that's for sure. <laughs> so I think he's trying to pass the buck. Ah, oh, big Bobby boy. <laughs> love you, son, if you're listening. What a guy. On the line now, another guy that you know really well in is uh, What a guy and what an impression he's made in the first few weeks at Ross County. The manager, John Hughes, joins us now. John, good evening. Uh, good evening, guys. Good evening. Good. How good are evening. you? You must be buzzing after that 4-1 win at the weekend. Well, oh. it's funny you say that. You enjoy it over the weekend. and I don't know. It's a win. A defeat lasts longer than a win. So uh-huh. over the weekend, and you enjoy it. Get back to work Monday. Feet firmly on the ground. And I say this, we are where we are for a reason. So we need to keep keep our focus and just keep working hard. Is that right, John? Do you get about 24 hours, 36 hours as a manager to enjoy it? And then you start to think, oh, Rangers in five days. Yeah, 100%. But I have to say, Paul, the defeats last all week. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's strange, that. So I have to say, enjoy it. And I've been watching the boys. It's important in my job as well to get their feet firmly back on the ground. So... You know, been into one or two of them on the training pitch and let's get a focus, you know. And that's the reason I'm doing that as well because I'm seeing a lot, a lot of good stuff on the training pitch. And then when we go on, when we go on a Saturday, we forget our lines. I'm now starting to see them playing with that freedom on a Saturday and going and express ourselves. So it's consistency, no consistency of results. It's consistency of performance. And if we do that, I'm hoping that the results take care of themselves. John, Stephen Cragen is coming on. He was at the match at the weekend and he was telling me the goal from Ali Shaw yeah. came so quickly that, Stephen, take up the story. What happened? It was 34 to... seconds, Yogi, and I was just saying that Derek McInnes, I think, was barely out of the dressing room in the far corner when Ollie put the ball in the back of the net. And by the time he got round to the dugout, he was asking everyone else what had happened. You know, that's a, yeah. you know, that's a quick start because you'd spoke ahead of the game on, on, on Saturday and County hadn't won at home in the league since the opening weekend of the season, Monday the 3rd of August. So you were wanting to put that to bed as quick as possible and try and get a home win. And I'll tell you, I thought the boys were terrific with regards to resilience, organisation. They took your tactics on board and the energy and the desire to go and win a game. I just thought everything all around was absolutely terrific. Yeah, it was our day, Stephen. You were 100%. It went for us. And as you say, getting that early goal certainly helped us. But what, what impressed me as well, we won both, top, both halves. You know, once tactically, I thought we were very, very good. It worked a treat. Derek then come to grips with it. Losing the goal just before half-time, you're sort of saying to yourself, oh, oh, here we go again. But they do what they did in the second half. You know, we changed our shape a wee bit with a big draper coming on. And then to go on and score another two goals, I'm absolutely delighted for them. So it shows you there's a character there and a willingness uh, to, to take on board what you're trying to tell them. And the big mess- ever since I've come into the club, I've tried to be consistent with my messages and my team shape. That way, you're no you're no finding yourself coaching too many different styles, different shapes, and the boys get it very quick. And it's just a matter of them every Saturday just going out and doing doing what they've done the previous week. And the big jump, you know, we spoke about it ahead of the game, coming off the bottom of the table, big psychological boost. Yeah, uh, and, and honestly, Stephen, I don't get caught up in all that in terms of uh, off the table. We are where we are for a reason. You know, I just keep focusing on every day. I don't I try very, very hard not to listen to outside noise. 
just focus on my boys, my team, try to make them better individually, collectively. And at the end of the day, if you get success, then I know I've gave it everything I've got. If no, then I still know I've gave it everything I've got. And that's the message I'm giving to my players. And I've got, I'm getting a great response uh, from them. I really are. I'm just feeling now we're getting everyone at the physio room. They're on the training pitch. We've got good numbers to pick from. Uh, and that, that's a manager's dream. Uh, John, you touch on like the actual performances, and, and I think sometimes people do get carried away with the results. But uh, the, the performances, uh, and in terms of you know saying sometimes during the week, uh, some players fluffing uh, fluffing their lines come come match day. You must be extremely pleased with with that result, with it all coming together. But more importantly, if you you touch on that work ethic, that simplicity, that structure, that energy, then you'd like to think that you're on the right path and can continue to to climb the ladder as well. Aye, cheers, Craig, and we've got the eye rocks on Saturday. We <laughs> 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 don't know what can happen at eye rocks, but honestly, everything that you say there, yeah, 100%. I feel tactically they go on the pitch and everyone knows their job, and, and if you do it correctly, I want to give my players, when they're on that pitch, saying to themselves, I've played this game before because what you're giving them, you know, you just go out and implement it, you're giving them all the information, but not too much. Not too much that you stifle mm. them. I want them to play with freedom and play their own game. Um, but as you say, we go to Ibrox on Saturday and it's a game we're looking forward to. I, I could sit here for hours and talk about Rangers, uh, the style of football. I love it, the way they pop the ball side to side. Everyone's comfort, comfortable on the ball. But it's a challenge. It's a challenge that you have to say, I fancy a bit of that. Um, you know, and hopefully it can inspire you so... We'll see what my players are all about on Saturday and uh, hopefully Rangers will know they've been in a game. We Just as you're speaking to us in Go Radio, we see you on Sky Sports News with Jim White there. Busy uh, boy. Lionel Messi's name came up straight after you, John. <laughs> you, you're not signing him, are you? Has Roy McGregor, have I got this wrong? <laughs> Seriously, it came out of you straight into Lionel Messi. Um, today, there's chat, obviously, about uh, the Celtic situation and Neil Lennon coming out yesterday. So I guess there's two questions. The protocols have been questioned at some of the clubs. Uh, how tough is it and how stringent is it at Ross County to try and keep everyone safe? Paul, honestly, I'm, I'm it's like Alcatraz. If I tell you some of the scenarios that goes on up there, we're not allowed to, obviously, the social distancing. In the club, I'm doing a meeting. We've all got our masks on. Try to stay in a bed and breakfast. They're not allowed to come into the building. So they have to come do change, train with us, and go back and do their shower in the bed and breakfast. When we go to away matches, it's like a minibus. We can't get all the first team players on it. So there's too many buses in the team bus. And then when we eat a pre-match meal, we're all eating at individual tables. So in terms of the protocol, we are very, very, very stringent. Mm. Well, I don't think any footballs, we're not immune to COVID. And I think that we're privileged to get a chance to still have the opportunity to do our job and play football. And don't neglect it, you know, for people losing their lives with COVID, I think that we have to make sure that our behaviour is impeccable. And what do you feel for Neil Lennon in the bunker at the moment? Uh, so much is being said about it. What, were your, what was your impression when you saw his media conference yesterday? Well, I've never seen it. No? Believe it or no, I yep. try, no, honestly, I try to keep myself right away from all that and I've never seen it, but I heard, I heard the balls. One thing I'll say about Neil is he's very articulate and very matter point and too clever for me, that's for sure. So, and everybody, everybody will have their own views on it. I feel that like he's probably standing up for his own club. He's the voice of the club and he stands up for it. I can only speak for my club and we are unbelievable people. 
We've got trialists in are sitting in changing rooms that are adjacent to the AstroTurf that cannot get in the building. And it's a five-day to seven-day to ten-day ten day protocol. And that's where uh, negative uh, COVID tests. The human aspect is so tough. And for the players coming from all over the country, and they're in Dingwall or they're in Inverness, it must be really hard. Do you think, John, there'll be any more business done during January? Yep, I'm still looking. Hopefully we've we, we got one in today. It'll get announced tomorrow. No, I'm not going to tell you who it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. We're still looking for uh, a goalkeeper to push mm-hmm. Big Ross label all the way. We're really happy with the young goalkeepers. and uh, But they're just probably six months away for, for doing that. So we're looking for that other goalkeeper and we're all looking for what else is going to be that striker. So... We've still got business to do and hopefully we can do it before the window closes. And clearly you want to hold on to the Ollie Shaws, Ross Stewart. Um, you know, there are players there who will have some value, quite a value. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In terms of Ross Stewart, um, to the day one, the chairman says uh, we're in no rush or we don't have to sell anyone in the first team if bids come in. That's not to say if we got one or two strikers in to out the end of the window and a good bid coming for Ross Stewart, then that's a, a meeting I'd have to have with my chairman. That's balancing the books. Yeah. But if we don't get that striker in, I'm quite sure Big Ross Stewart will be here at the end of the season. He's been training this week, and I have to say this he's a far, far better footballer than I've got in terms of technique, uh, and no wonder everybody's after him. He looks after the ball well, passes it well. Uh, and he's a good all-round footballer. We saw that against Celtic, didn't we, about four weeks ago. Stephen and Craig, isn't it great to hear a yogi on and back in Scottish football? We have missed you. Listen, we had him in this programme far too often when he was out of the game and yeah. he was talking about football and his drive and his energy and his passion to get back in. So as soon as the Ross County job came up and, re- and John was announced, I knew the minute he walked into that dressing room, the players would take to him, they would get a lift, training tempo would go up, standards would go up. Not to say they were low anyway, but you know, a wonderful job he's done so far and I think there's much more to come. And you're wishing him all the best for, for Saturday at yeah. Rangers, Craig, are you? Oh, look, I, look I, I, I wish him well for the rest of the season. On, on Saturday, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> but, mate, like I said, even for like your players, but also for yourself, you know, we all want to test ourselves at the highest highest level. So I'm sure it's a game that you'll, you'll love, uh, you'll enjoy, and, uh, and it's a challenge which you've always taken on uh, throughout your career. Yeah, yeah. It's one, as I say to my players, you know, will be... We're ready to go. We've done all Rangers shape, how we're going to play against it, uh, in possession, out of possession. We've done all that, drew all that up yesterday. Unfortunately, the pitch was frozen today, mm. but we're very lucky. We can go to a big, massive indoor arena and really got a good training session on. So the response I'm getting for the players, it's been fantastic. It's all been to these guys. I can, as you say, I can only say it's standard. standard. One thing I will say, so we're talking about uh, the clobber for centre half. Stephen yeah. Cagan <laughs> was at my game on Saturday and he got lucky because the cameraman had the worst jumper on I've ever seen. <laughs> I put the pressure right off him. <laughs> John, you're a, you're a tonic. What, what's your prediction? Is it 4 1 again this weekend? Oh, oh that's my yeah. Hey, I'm I'm hoping that we get some, and if we can, it keeps our confidence and our momentum going. 
John, thanks a million for coming on Go Radio. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renew energy and more visit opc-ltd.uk the Bull radio football show so a few moments ago you heard from john hughes a real tonic isn't he stephen craigan and what a job he's doing it's just such an infectious character you know you speak to a lot of players who've played under john and they just loved it the freedom he gave the players to go and express themselves the energy he brought to the team and I think he's, you know, his experience of, of being in tough times and losing games, he doesn't carry that with him. He's been through the lot. And the Ross County players have absolutely responded to his methods. And Saturday they were terrific. They won down at Easter Road against Hibbs, really good on the night. Drew against St Johnson, showing lots of resilience, which was probably their issue in the early part of the season. So, in this hour, what's coming up, Craig? What do you think, Stephen? 08, 08, 17, 17, 700. Let's hear some more from Scott Brown, who faced the media this afternoon. And he was asked, what's gone wrong for Celtic on the pitch this season? I don't think I can put my finger on it, but I think it's just the, the lads we've not performed as well as we possibly could have. It's all been the same training, pretty much the same players as well. And we've just not done as well as what we possibly could have, as I say. But we're still there. We're still trying. Every day we're working extremely hard, whether it's at Lennox Town or wherever we are. And that, that's what we do and we still believe that we're a fantastic team but we just need to make sure that we, we keep showing it in games. 35 years old now and ever present for well more than 10, 11, 12 years so he was asked about how he feels about having to give way at times to Sorrow for example. It's fine, Sorrow's been fantastic to be perfectly honest and he's a great lad and he's. I've been playing a lot of games I've played 60 games for the last 14, 15 seasons at this club and I've enjoyed every single moment of it but no, Sorrow's been fantastic he's bid his time really, really well and once he's came in he's, he's taken his chance and I think for me it's now try and help Sorrow out as much as I possibly can because he's still learning the game he's still young he's extremely keen he's quick over the ground and it, it's something I'm not as quick <laughs> o- uh, anymore to be perfectly honest but as I say I'm, I'm here for the gaffer whenever he needs me I'm here for the lads to help them in any way whatsoever. And it's not about me, this football club. This football club's about putting the best team on the park, whether it's Livingston at home or it's Rangers away. It's We need to make sure we concentrate on that and not worrying about whether I'm playing week in or week out. Craig Moore. I thought it was a, a very good interview from uh, Scott Brown and uh, touching on, you know, the 60-odd games for, for 14 years. I, I think I managed 50 games once in my career. I mean, so the, the effort uh, and the durability uh, is incredible. Scott Brown's done a fantastic job for Celtic and, and, and also looks as if he's more than happy to take on the responsibility of, of helping a young player like Soro uh, come through and, and putting the club forward. The reality is the form uh, that Celtic have been in this season has actually given the opportunity to Soro and to Turnbull to come back in uh, or come into the to the team, um, and they're things that maybe wouldn't have happened if things were were going well. But I thought it was a good in- interview from Scott Brown. I thought it was terrific, a real open 
uh, and, and genuine answer. You could hear it in his voice when he was talking about it. You know, he, he was being genuinely honest. And listen, we all know how football works. That if someone comes in and takes your place and plays well, they stay in. Plus, also when you get the 34, 35, 36, you know your better days are behind you. So you have to be a bit part player. I've said it before. That's where I thought Celtic should have managed Scott Brown better than what they have done over the past eighteen months. They should have had someone else in and resting him now and again. So he's only playing thirty-five games as opposed to sixty. But that just shows you why Celtic probably need to keep him at the club if he's not going to be a player next year in some sort of coaching capacity or or, or, or mentoring capacity just to speak to the younger players coming through because he knows what it's like to lead that club in the good times and the bad times and also lift trophies and not lift trophies so that experience is vital within a dressing room uh, I, t- I totally totally agree it'd be interesting uh, again because we all wanted to play as, as long as we possibly yeah. could in our careers uh, but it'll be interesting to see or you know to know what uh, Scott Brown's uh, thoughts are in terms of transition you know mm-hmm. is coaching something that he's even interested in I think a lot of people assume that people are just going to go into coaching Yeah. Um, you know but it's not for everybody, mm-hmm. uh, but if there is anything that he wants to do with that football club, they should bend over backwards to make sure that there is a role for mm. him. How hard is it to play 50, 60 games oh. a season? So you did it one season. Tell, tell us oh, about the once, effect on you. Look, the effect in one season is, is, is obviously it's, it's taxing on your body uh, physically, mentally, but it was, a, it was a, a successful that season for me. So you don't, when you're winning and, and, and things are going well, you don't tend to feel tired. Uh, it's a mentality, it's a mindset. But if you're back in like, that, that season after season after season, I mean, that, that's an in- incredible mm. run uh, because we know there's a lot of injuries in football. You need a, a lot of luck as well to go that period of time without any serious injuries to play. That amount of games is incredible. So try and do it in a team that doesn't win as many games as what your team won. <laughs> you know, yeah. it becomes, yeah. you know, every second week you're picking yourself off the floor, you're coming off the yeah. canvas thinking, we've got to go again, you've got to make sure you kick it on. But listen, I just love playing. That was, you know, you'd have played every day if you yeah. could have had the chance mm-hmm. to do it. But ultimately, there comes a stage when physically and mentally it, 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 it takes its toll. And what probably has helped Scott Brown was Brendan Rodgers coming in you know, certainly becoming so strong, winning games. You're right, once you're winning games and winning trophies and feeling good, you kind of miss it mentally it goes and you get on with the game and you just think I want to play whereas this year they haven't been winning as many games and it looks like he's finding and it tough and you feel a little bit tired like he's you feel a little bit heavy and everybody's telling him he's 35 and he's not fit and he's not yeah. where he used to be you know you can hear it in his interview there you know some people have been saying in the socials last night as well Celtic don't look as fit as they have in the past but uh, Barry was saying last night and Sai as well sometimes it's mentally if you're, if you're winning yeah. psychological yeah. would you agree? no Great. and then that's kind of what I, what I touched on when, yeah. when things are going well uh, and you're playing a, a huge amount of games and you're not doing as much training. It's recovery, game, recovery, game. That's an ideal situation yeah. for a football player if, as you touch on, Stephen, that you're you're successful and you're winning games because yeah. if you're getting smacked one week and having to pick yourself up mentally, that, that that's a huge challenge, huge yeah, challenge. Yeah, it is, particularly if you're down round the wrong end of the table. You know, and you're thinking to yourself, it's not just your, you know, yourself and your contract, mm. but you're thinking of the club. You know, the club don't want to be down yet. The club can't afford to drop out of the league. So just carrying that pressure and, and trying to continually stay above water. Listen, we had good seasons at Mother, no doubt about it, but a few were, were disappointed in how we'd done. And they were the ones you found tougher. They were the ones you felt a little bit older. You didn't feel as fit. You didn't feel as good because your mind's telling you you can't do it. You know, you're having a tough time. Mm. So... There's no doubt Scott Brown will come back. Could he be a continuity candidate to stay on the coaching staff? I mean, there's going to be change at Celtic this year. But yeah, as Craig Moore said in the first hour, you agree, I think, Stephen. Yeah. You know, no matter what happens, even if they'd won the 10, it was time. Maybe from the top for change. Yeah. You know, they had did so much uh, success for 10 years. Yeah. The era is over. Uh, Eddie Howe is 5-1 to one on uh, to come, and it might even be sooner than some people think. Um, do you think... 
Scott Brown though could be part of a, a setup. Could he be a, a coach? There's every chance if that was the path that Scott Brown was interested in, yeah. then Celtic, whether it's Neil Lennon involved or whether it's a new manager, whether it's Eddie Howe, uh, whether it's now or whether it's the end of the season, they should be having a discussion to keep someone with that mentality, uh, with that success, um, to be able to help somewhere within that football club. Because Walter Smith has said a couple of times, it's interesting he said that he was, you know, he, he didn't want to go in the 10th season when Rangers were going for 10 in a well, row. He announced early, didn't he? Yeah. Like six months prior to, sure. to the end of that campaign that he was he was going yeah. to be leaving and probably probably didn't help us that no, and it, it didn't help then. So if you're going to go, you've got to go, haven't you? It yeah. has to be uh, time for change. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the rest of the coaching staff if that's the route they choose to go down because John Kennedy's now been there. This is That's his third manager. And if John isn't going to be Celtic manager, you think if he has aspirations of being a manager or being aspirations of being a Celtic manager, he may have to leave go and prove what he can do. I know certainly yeah. Hibs were, were rumoured to be interested along with Jack Ross when that job came up. So if he is wanting to be Celtic manager one day, he may have to go prove his worth and come back and do it. But, you know, you'd imagine if a new manager comes in, yeah. I know we're all, I, I, and I hate talking this way because we're talking like Neil Lennon is irrelevant, but, we, you know, there just seems to be that sense there will be a change, whether it's now or whether it's at the end of the season, that maybe it's time to clear everything out and bring a new manager in with his own coaching team with a fresh idea and a fresh mind just to try and galvanise everything again. Okay, it's it's a gut feel for me, but I, I think that if there is going to be change at that football club, it, it, it will be that type of change. I think it will be a complete freshen up uh, because I, I believe, and probably you get a lot of Celtic fans, that they believe that's exactly what needs to happen. This was Scott Brown speaking then about tomorrow night's match. Livy against Celtic. We're not in the best position, but we have got three games in hand. We need to make sure we win those games. We need to make sure we hit top form the now. We need to make sure that we keep believing as well because we've always got the faith and we've always got that positivity and we know that we can keep winning games and that's what we have to do to try and put pressure on our levels. Stephen, they can afford no more slip-ups. No, I'm yeah. just thinking they have to win every game. I think many games have they played. Rangers played 24. They've played 21 games. They're going to have to win 17 games in a row and hope that Rangers slip off or Rangers drop points here and there. You know, They can't afford any more draws, any more defeats. You know, we keep every time they lose a, a game or they draw a game, we say, well, that's it done. Then they draw another one. That's it definitely done. They're really not leaving themselves a lot of room for manoeuvre, put it that way. And they will have to win, I think, 17 games in a row and hope and pray that Rangers have a catastrophic fall off in form. Mm -hmm. I can't see it coming because they've just been so good. They've been so relentless in what they've done. And I think as the weather gets better come February and March and the pitches come back again, it'll mm -hmm. just suit... Rangers to kick on again and go again. Is the weather getting better? Every March. <laughs> well, I, well, I, I just think Northern Ireland. I just think the pitches will have a weak chance of recovering and, and being a little bit better. But no, certainly it doesn't get any better in Northern Ireland. <laughs> He's an Australian time. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah. No, 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 for yeah. sure. I think that, look, that's a good point, though. Yeah. yeah, but I think look, Celtic's focus between now and and the end of the season is probably not to 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 spend too much energy or time talk, talking about titles. Mm. Uh, they've just got to address game by game scenario. Go out play well, try and win as many games as they possibly can. Might be able to sneak a, a, the odd player in here or there to see that you know there's some value or potential for the future. They've got to stop talking about the title. Um, and then see where you are in six weeks' time, eight weeks' time. But the thing is, in press conferences, they're going to be asked about yeah, it. Yeah, but you just, <laughs> just, just handle it. Move be, on. We're going, to, we're going to focus on this game. That's and going this to be is... the scene. And Rangers have been there the last two seasons yeah. under Stephen Gerrard. The questions that Neil Lennon's getting asked now about the title, Stephen Gerrard has had them asked for two seasons. Yep. 
So you're right, they will continue to bat them off, but believe me, they'll still keep coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was asked, what was it like in that 10-day isolation? Isolation was, it was hard to be fair. Seeing the lads playing and everyone not being able to help them out and stuff like that, but it's what we had to do, it's what we've been told to do. So we all managed to do that, come back in and we've had a good couple of days training just there and now we're getting ready for the game against Livingston on Wednesday. He must have seen it ebbing away. Any chance there was of the title ebbed away? Yeah, I think so. Like I said, I mean... Kind of said a few weeks ago that there was no wiggle room, was there, for Celtic uh, to 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 drop any points? And you know, they've, they've, they've since that they've gone on and had a couple of draws. So uh, it looks like it's it's too big a hill to climb, to be honest. I think the timing of the goal against Hibs as well would have been a oh, kick in the teeth for them. Thinking, you know, we've came back, we've been under the scrutiny, we've been under the cost. The young boys are playing decimated. Yeah, you know, if we could get a one 0 win here, it may just galvanise them for going on to Saturday. Because by all accounts, Saturday's game is very flat. There was no tempo to it. You know, the Celtic players didn't have the same zip as what you'd expect them to have, mm. which is natural after mm. a disappointment, not just of being away in Dubai but losing half your team, but then losing that late goal against Hibs and then having to pick themselves back up within two or three days and go again so would have been understandable. a huge um, a huge hit yeah to, yeah. to concede that 93rd minute you're right, you're right because squad's decimated um, yeah you know you, you're looking at it still a very good victory that you can go and build yeah. on to, to then concede that that late equaliser it really uh, knocks the winds uh, from out of your sails it does did you say kick in the teeth you did Stephen Craig said the kick in the teeth Craig <laughs> was questioning there but he did he, he did that's, yeah. what, that's what he said uh, I know you're impressed by we mentioned uh, Sorrow and also David Turnbull you were looking at, at before we came on here yeah, yeah. Uh, but any positives for Celtic in a season dominated by Rangers Stephen Gerrard has got them um, playing so so well not at their best in the last weeks but still chalking up the victories and very few they've only lost seven goals yeah. but what about David Turnbull what do you think of him? He looks an, an exceptional player doesn't he? Um, very comfortable with the ball very positive um, you know he gets himself in good positions he's not afraid to, to strike we've seen him now in dead ball situations how, how good he is uh, for me he's come in and, and been ultra impressive um, and certainly been a, a, a turn than what Celtic needed. And then you, you've got Sorrow that, that's come in as well that, you know, he's a he's a hungry ball winner. He's very, very comfortable on the ball. He doesn't cough up too much possession. And even he's showing the more minutes and games he's get, you give him a little bit of space on the edge of the box as well. And he doesn't mind yeah, uh, popping with a... He's with, quite happy to get a shot off. Yeah. I think what I would say about David Turnbull is having first class my eyes on David Turnbull as a 16-year-old, he's still got the same instincts as a 21-year-old as he had as a 16-year-old, no matter what level he's playing at. He wants the ball, he wants to show for the ball, he demands it off players, he wants to be creative, he wants to get shots off, he's good from dead ball. He hasn't changed a bit, which tells me he's a natural footballer. Just how he receives the ball and how he moves with the ball, he's so graceful. And the goal against Hibs that he scored from the free kick tells me how, in what regard or how high regard the Celtic players hold him. Because Callum McGregor was over the ball as well, captain's armband on, won 12 trophies out of 12, Scottish International going to the Euros, and I think Davis just said... I fancy this one and he's went yeah. and you go kid and, and, and he goes and puts it in the top corner. top corner so that tells you all you need to know top corner great finish and and you know for the listeners out there whether you're a footballer or whether you're you're, you're yeah. aspiring to be a footballer that's practice isn't it that, yeah. that's practice practice and practice some more was it all down to watching you in training when he was 16 <laughs> Stephen Craig no, that, no listen, I was his coach when he was 16 it certainly wasn't watching me uh, but no yeah. honestly just a really a nice boy who deserves after the year out he had with his knee injury yep. natural footballer he's on the stage he deserves to be on I'm just disappointed the Celtic fans can't see him up close Glasgow's on the newest radio station everyone talking about it and the new business 
business show at the weekend, Hunter and Hockey, 11 till 12, this Sunday as well. Don't miss it, guys. You'll uh, you'll really, really enjoy it. Callum's on the line in Greenock. Hi, Callum. Good evening. Uh, good evening. I just want to um, add to the point Stephen made, also about David Turnbull. I think he's a, a phenomenal footballer, and I'm delighted to see him playing regularly for Celtic because... I was baffled as so many others, I think, where the fact that he came into the team and then went out of the team for a while. I know he had a few injuries and the COVID situation, but he's added a lot to Celtic. Did you see that joke that was in social media? There's so much stuff and you've always got to humour. And it was, at, you know, Gavin Strachan with John Kennedy and Neil Lennon and they're looking at the iPad saying, have we got Sorrow in Turner? When did we Sorrow in Turner? Because they'd been missing for so long. I know that's an old gag now. Callum, what do you want to say tonight? Uh, the, the main point I've, I've got, Paul, is, is about the situation at Celtic this week with the press conferences. I thought Scott Brown was measured today and much more considerate compared to, to Neil Lennon yesterday. And I think for Neil Lennon yesterday, he was very passionate. He was very fiery. I think he's obviously been irked by comments from, from, from media, from government, from, from, from fans as well. And, and I can understand why he wanted to, to let off some steam, but... The, the question I've got for, for Stephen and Craig is, as footballers at a stage of a season when Celtic are 21 points behind Rangers, do you think this is the right time for Neil Lennon to try and build a sort of siege mentality? Because from my perspective on the outside, of course, as, a, as only a fan, I've not played the game with you two, it just seems like too little too late to be trying to build that kind of uh, mentality in the squad now. It seems as if as I say, it's just too late. Yeah. Good question. I, no, it is a good question, Callum. I mean, look, well, I think what we've got to understand here as well is, um, you know, Neil Lennon, Stephen Gerrard, the play, mate, they're, they're only human. So when, when things aren't going well and you're under uh, what feels like attack on a, on, a, on a daily basis, then, you know, it, it, it cracks, uh, you know, it, there's cracks in the, in the best of us. It's, it's hard to, to, to handle. And, and yesterday's presser obviously showed that, you know, he is at a stage now where it, it seems to be taking its toll. Um, you know, you talk about the differences, Callum, between uh, Lennon's interview and, and Scott Brown, and it was, it was night and day, wasn't it? I mean, but Scott Brown managed to, to, to divert away from the, the COVID stuff and talk about football, which is what the players should be doing. Unfortunately for the, the manager, he gets stuck with, um, you know, being the face of the football club and therefore the more challenging questions. And I look, in terms of the, the mentality now between... Uh, now and, and the end of the season. Is it too little, too late? To be honest, I think it is. Um, and Celtic, uh, you know, we should be looking at game-to-game scenario. Can we build? Can we start to look to, to the future? Mm. But at the same time, let's just go and win the matches that we can we can win. Callum, don't go away. We're going to put that point to Stephen Craig in next. The Bull Radio Football Show. Paul Cooney with Craig Moore, the former Rangers and Australian star. Too many clubs to mention, Craig. I say this every other week oh. with you. Great. Crystal Palace. Uh, Play with a few. Crystal Palace, Munchen Gladbach, Newcastle, uh, obviously oh. Rangers. Yeah, yep. we're there. So we, we had a few. We had a few. To be fair, there's players that have had a lot more clubs than me. I, a great career. How many caps for Australia? 52. And you did the World Cup as well. And the, roughly the same caps for you at Northern Ireland, Stephen Cregan. Yeah. F- 54, but no World Cup. Oh. Mm. Unfortunately. Yeah, and no goal, eh? Remember about our quiz? No, absolutely. Yeah, no. Oh, no, no, goals either, no goals. Plenty of own goals, but none. None for my we'll do an end of season quiz. Well, Callum's still on the line in Greenock. Callum, thanks for hanging on there. A good question you made uh, and a point would uh, Neil Lennon sort of rally cry yesterday? Will that help the players? For the rest of this campaign. Listen, Callum, I think you're spot on that it probably is too late, but I kind of read it yesterday as if it was more Neil Lennon coming out to defend his own reputation. You know, he feels he's been attacked from all angles. 
I touched on it earlier, but you know, he, he just felt some of the comments from people were were an attack on his professionalism and his character. And when that proves to be the case, you feel as if you have to come out and stand up for yourself. And that was the case yesterday for Neil. He then got into a few other things and you know whether he was right or wrong in that situation. But I think trying to galvanise the squad, that, that, that's probably gone. You know, he's probably just got to try and make sure the players can win some games, get them in the right frame of mind. But I, I, I certainly read into it that he was he was trying to protect his own reputation and he's absolutely every right to do so. Callum, what would you do if you were running Celtic? If you ask me honestly, I think you need to use this next five-month period as, as preparation for next mm. season. And there's only one man that, that, that Celtic should be going for, in my opinion, and that's Eddie Howe, I think. When you look at the lull that Celtic were in towards the end of the Ronnie Dyler reign, I draw parallels with that now. I think the players don't look confident. Neil, as you've seen yesterday, he's quite uptight. I think, it's terrible to say, but I think if if Neil was to to leave Celtic, I think in a few weeks' time, he would probably look back and think it was the best thing for him and the club. And for me, Eddie Howe is the perfect coach because like Brendan Rodgers, when he came to Celtic, he's a young, progressive coach. And crucially, he's got a point to prove after how it ended Mm. at Bournemouth. So I think if you go and get Eddie Howe, you, you bring him here, you back him, give him these four or five months to bed in, I think you'll see the benefit of that longer term next season. And and don't forget, Celtic are still in, in the Scottish Cup, albeit we all mm. know it's delayed, but that could be something that Eddie Howe could come in and achieve in, in this four or five months. And people, obviously, Celtic not winning 10 in a row, people will still see the season as, as a failure, let's be honest with you. But I think if Eddie Howe was to come in and have a fresh start and achieve something, it would be the perfect possible start for his reign and it would give Celtic fans the confidence that they can have a bright future after this season is, is finally over, which I think they all want. And do you feel Neil Lennon would go away then with uh, the, the, leg- the legacy, the reputation intact? He's had 20 years at Celtic and success in, in most of those years, 19 of them probably. I, I think, he, to be honest with you, I think he has to go sooner rather than later for that to to be the case yeah. in the eyes of the majority of fans because mm. I think if, if this continues to to, to go on and for, for another few months it's only going to get worse for him but I think over the over the course of the period of his time at Celtic as a player and as a manager to win a treble as a captain and then as the manager of the club I mean that has to be respected let's be honest uh, Callum look, mate I think I agree with you there in terms of uh, look sometimes you can you can overstay your welcome, you know. Like kind of, I was uh, 12 years at, at Rangers, and and I think eventually, rather than somebody telling me it was time to go, I kind of knew that it was time to go. Um, you know, so maybe maybe there's a little bit of that now with with Neil Lennon um, at Celtic, and uh, you're probably right in terms of it's it's better to leave on your own terms than to to be pushed out the door. If that makes sense. Mm. Yep. Good well, point. what I would say is, you know, in Neil Lennon's defence. Not very many people get the chance to manage their boyhood club. The club they've supported all their life, not many get to play for it, not many get to manage it, and not many get to manage it a second time. Mm. And he may be thinking, I don't want to leave because this is my dream job, this is where I wanted to be. And it must be a real emotional attachment to let go of that and think, I'll never be manager of this football club again. So as much as we're all you know, sense think in the straight and narrow think logically yeah. when you're a manager of a huge football club like Celtic or Rangers we don't know the pressures they under we don't know what goes on on a daily yeah. basis what they have to face and to let that go you think I might never be back here mm-hmm. but but like but like players coaches should also have a good support network and I'm hoping that that's you know kind of the situation with Neil because if he's got a good support network Stephen then I'm pretty sure they'll be on the same page as the majority of people mm. 
And I think it, on you, or a Northern Ireland man like Neil Lennon, and I think it's someone from Ireland who will have the casting vote here and treat him properly, and that's Dermot Desmond. And I can't imagine that there's not going to be a conversation where they'll treat him properly and thank him for what he's done, but it probably is time to go now. And I think it yeah. might happen sooner rather than later. I haven't a clue. I don't know. But treat him properly and do the right thing because it needs change now from top to bottom. You know, I heard Gary I Neville and, and talking uh, last night on... You know, soccer the Monday, uh, yeah, yeah uh, with uh, Carragher, and he was saying that even at Man United, um, three seasons they won the title, and then the fourth, and um, they couldn't even under Alec Ferguson. He said there comes a cycle, and eventually it's time to change. Now they weren't talking about the manager there, because yeah. Fergie was there for uh, you know over a quarter of a century. But there's a cycle, and sometimes mm. it's time to make that change. Callum, thanks very much for calling Go Radio. We appreciate your call. On the line now, we've got Jim Thompson from the Kilmarnock Trust. Jim, good evening. Good evening, Paul. Good to hear you, Jim. And, uh, well, you know, we were pleased. We broke the news on Friday on the programme that, I mean, what a time it's been with COVID. And I think uh, people were too uh, quick to make that decision about points against the clubs and all the rest of it rather than playing the fixtures. And your club uh, was fined. There's still, it was 40 grand fine. It's down to 10 grand. It might be 20. But I know overall you were pleased that the was common sense has been applied in this case, Jim. Common sense has prevailed, Paul, at the end of the day, but uh, I mean, really, I mean, it's that's a year now. Our game has been virtually in civil war, you know, leading up to the, the end of last season, you know, deciding what what's going to happen to to the different leagues, etc. Discussion about league, uh, you know, uh, reformation uh, over the, the summer, and then obviously COVID's there, you know, it's it's, it's continuing, uh, and then you know just. Uh, the continual kind of stress that uh, you know, our governing bodies put in the game, I just feel is pretty sad. You know, they should be supporting the game like they do, you know, down in England. And uh, we just felt that, I mean, the Motherwell game got cancelled. I think it was a Juba Friday night. It got cancelled by our local health authority. And then we'll get uh, the, the chief executive of the SPFL, you know, on national radio, you know, uh, <laughs> looking for scalps. You know, the day after, I listened to that, and that, that got my goat. It got a lot of mm-hmm. Kelly fans' goats as well, uh, because, you know, it just sounded as if he was going to arrange a kangaroo court and we were found guilty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, at the end of the day, we're going through the process. The club has said to suffer all the stress and strains of the process. Uh, and at a time when, you know, football is really, really struggling, every club is struggling, they are putting a monetary fine on it. Uh, and, you know, we, we, we had to fight our case. And obviously, you know, you've got to get legal expertise in. And that's an expensive you know, uh, thing to do as well. So what have you done about it, Jim? Because you've been crowdfunding and you've got some news on that. Well, the Kelly fans, we, well, we, we decided, you know, on, uh, on Friday, you know, the, the, the supporters trust that, you know, listen, enough's enough. Our club are struggling. It is with money. You know, there's... Uh, there's no gate money coming in. We need to do something to help. So we're we're in just a wee crowdfunding platform, and uh, it's uh, kicked off uh, just about half past twelve on Saturday. And before the kick off, we'd you know we'd reached about ten, fifteen thousand pounds. And as we speak just now, it's gone over you know twenty one thousand, Paul, which is absolutely unbelievable. It just shows you the love uh, you know our supporters have for the club, and it is it's a worldwide love. There's people from uh, Canada and America have contributed. Uh, there's kids donating their pocket money and stuff like that. And it's just, it's absolutely wonderful to see. Isn't it great news, Stephen? Yep. It is. 
Jim, I just wonder, you know, when you look at some other clubs who have went into fan ownership in recent times, Motherwell, of course, Hearts and the Foundation of Hearts at Merlin and Morton, I just wonder with the kind of response you've had, is that a route that maybe the club would look to go down in the future of fan ownership? Because, I mean, £20,000 or over £21,000 is a phenomenal response that shows us a real interest in Kilmarnock Football Club. No, it is, it is, and I've got nothing uh, but respect for the guys. You know, the, the foundation of Hearts, what they've done for their club is absolutely astonishing. Uh, the Well Society as well, and obviously Smizer, it's in Murn. You know, we, we started our own uh, crowdfunding uh, initiative uh, way, way back in uh, 2017, yeah. uh, you know, to get Cathy Jimison on the board, to have a, you know, a, a say on the board. Uh, and since then, you know, we've uh, been involved with getting safe standing, uh, rugby park, a wheelchair platform. We've funded that, and uh, since you know, obviously this Mun match got cancelled due to COVID in March, uh, we've ploughed over a hundred thousand pounds into the football club. Mm. Uh, but I mean, fan ownership at rugby park, we're a million miles away for that. We're very, very lucky uh, that we've got two uh, great businesses on the board with Cathy and Billy Bowie and Phyllis McLeish, who are dipping their hands into their pockets to keep our club afloat just now. And our club must be like every other club in Scotland, really, really struggling for cash because of you know, the lack of match day revenue. Uh, so you know, instead of all the infighting, it would be great you know, if the governing bodies actually went out and looked for sponsorship. I mean, we can't be an attractive proposition for mm-hmm. people you know, Scottish football looking for sponsorship. Craig, it's a great point, isn't it? That there's witch hunts against uh, clubs. It seems like it because people have caught COVID. The protocols at every single <laughs> club seem to be really stringent, really good. There may have been some lapses, but this is a na- this is a pandemic affecting anyone could get COVID. Yeah, and- it is. And look, uh, you know, obviously with, you know, Killy and, and, and Motherwell and then the, the going back and changing decisions yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Look, it's been very, very rough. Uh, but Jim, I'd I'd like to congratulate you as well because I, I think it's I think it's amazing that because the fans have missed out on so much uh, also in terms of getting out and being being able to support their clubs, support their teams, um, and and you know by this initiative and and in such a short period of time to to raise that amount of money and also once again feeling as if you're you're contributing to the football club, man. I think it's an amazing story and and, and well done, well done on that. No, it is a fantastic story, and and it's nice to you know come on the radio and give it something positive. Yeah, yeah, and it's nice there that you praised uh, Phyllis McLeish and the family and all they've done, and of course Billy Bowie and a lot of people. At, well, those families have been amazing for Kilmarnock on the pitch. There's been a wee bit of a revival. I know it was tougher at the weekend there. How are you feeling about this weekend? That's a, a huge match. They all are. It's uh, against St. Johnson. They're all keen. Off being, yeah. <laughs> uh, listen, it's been an absolutely bizarre uh, season. I mean, I genuinely think that every team is uh, suffering for the lack of age that supporters bring to you. You know, a home match. Uh, I mean, there's. I mean, even Derry McInnes is under pressure. You, you heard Yogi was on later. Stephen Robinson's lost his job. You know, every time there's a, there's a bad run of results, you know, managers' heads are. You know, the fans are building the gallows. And yep. uh, you know, come on, out of the same. I mean, I've never seen a season. You know watching our club and the pay-per-view that we're, you know, had so many kind of daft decisions made by players and, you know, getting red cards and bad back passes and own goals and things like this. And, you know, if you turned half of them, you know, into positive results, our team would be sitting probably near the top of the league. But mm. it's just been a, an absolutely bizarre season, you know, for, for football in general. 
No, we've never seen anything like it, obviously, this weekend because uh, St. Johnson have the League Cup semi-final, so the fixtures are different. What do you think, Stephen, uh, about Kilmarnock? Alec Dyer was under pressure six weeks ago, but uh, had some... Well, they needed two wins around. in the draw. I get yeah. seven points from nine, and then, of, of course, they went to Hibs at Easter Road. But you know, I think Jim's spot on that there's... I, I can only really think of Stephen Gerrard and possibly Callum Davidson, Mickey Mellon, maybe, who haven't come under scrutiny mm-hmm. at any time this season. And I just wonder, is it because... Fans are at home, I said it earlier on, fans are at home more. They can't voice their opinion at the stadium. They can't get their anger out on a Saturday. So a lot of people are taking to social media and all this negativity is building around pressure and managers. And you know, people are calling for managers to be sacked during games before the game's even finished. So it's just the time we're in. I think once fans get back into the grounds, once they start enjoying the atmosphere again, and I genuinely hope that when they are allowed back in, goodness knows when it will be, it will be great to see stadiums full. Stadiums like Rugby Park full of Kilmarnock fans, for a park full of Motherwell fans, you know, so Johnson fans coming out who haven't been out in p- probably big enough numbers over the years to come out and support their football club because Jim's right, the community needs it, the football needs it, the club needs it just to try and bring some positivity. Let's hope it catches on. And it will happen. That's exactly mm-hmm. what will happen. Uh, so we all look forward to those days. Uh, hopefully they're not too far away. Yeah. The days of winning the cups and all the rest of it, uh, you'll remember it well, Jim. You know, I was working in oh, Ayrshire at the time at the Mighty 290 and uh, yeah, there were special days. It's a, it's a fantastic club. Jim, thanks very much for joining us and well done. Thanks for bringing a wee club into the, the old oh. forum debate. Brilliant debate, guys. Cheers, guys. Well done, Jim. The late great Sir John, I would never call it that, would he? The, the wee club. You know, <laughs> the big man loved his uh, command at the former chief constable. Thanks very much, Jim, for joining us in Go Radio. Spread the word. We're the fastest growing uh, in the country. The, the podcasts are now way over 300,000, and we appreciate every one of you tuning in to the programme. We're back with more in a moment. The Bull Radio Football Show. In England at the moment in the Championship, Derby County 1, Bournemouth 0, Reading 1, Coventry 0. Later tonight in the Premier League, there's Leicester against Chelsea. The matches come thick and fast. What about Wayne Rooney? Did you ever play against him? The new manager of Derby? I played against Wayne Rooney when he made his debut for England. And it was a game that Australia beat England. There you go, listen to that, 3-1. We kind of say that we beat two teams because that's when Sven Goran Eriksson rolled out a second starting eleven for the second half, and and that was Wayne Rooney's debut. Yeah. So that's going back a long time ago. Where was that? Oh, was it a Upton Park, Loftus Road? Huh? Yeah. Um, it was, it was in, up, uh, Upton in England, Park. Yeah. Rings a bell for me. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 I think it was Upton Park. Yeah. Wow. Um, how good? How good do you think he was then? He became one of the greatest. I mean, top scorer for England all time. Man United top scorer. Fantastic player, and I, I think you kind of. You always tend to forget his age. He just seems like he's been about for such a long, long time playing at the highest level. Highly intelligent player. Um, also had that 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 aggression that for the majority of his career he was able to control, yeah. you know. But you, you need that. Uh, he was just a very, very clever player. And another one that big moments, uh, Craigs, he, he always seemed to step up and deliver in the big, the big moments. You think, you know, he brought himself onto the scene with that goal for Everton against Arsenal, didn't he? And then he got the big move to Manchester United. But I, I incidentally played against him as well. Northern Ireland, we beat them 1-0 at Windsor Park yeah. in 2005. And yeah. you were talking about his his aggression. Uh, he had been booked. I think him and Keith Gillespie clashed. He had been booked and he was running about charging it. He probably should have been sent off. He had another tackle. And David Beckham was trying to settle him down and calm him down. And he was just like dismissing him. He's like, get out of my way. I'm, I'm a man on a mission. I think he was about 18, 19 yeah, at the yeah, time, you know. Yeah. So even then, he had a presence about him that even the older players were a bit like, whoa, this, you know, he's, he's just a flick of the switch away from being. But, you know, what a wonderfully gifted football player. Wow. You know, terrific.
the players that you have both played against, it's absolutely phenomenal. And the listeners, we hear it in the socials, they love hearing what it's like coming up against these top, top players. West Ham and West Brom are at nil-nil at the moment. Craig, you are thinking England at the moment. I'm going to ask you, who do you think? You know, Liverpool, Man United at the weekend, nil-nil. Yeah. Man United won't get a better chance to win at Anfield, will they? No, I mean, Oli will be you know, slightly disappointed in terms of the, the opportunities they had in the in the second half. I think the, the one big opportunity fell to, to Pogba. Um, Alisson makes a, it's a good save, but mm. it was a real opportunity for Man United. This, I'm saying a sneaky one. It's not sneaky, but Man City at the moment yeah, now are, are really hitting their straps. Um, and they're the team for me that look as if they can potentially go on and, and win the title. But it's competitive, which is great this year. Hitting their straps. Is Hitting that their straps, I love yeah. it. it. must yeah. be an Aussie thing. Yeah, yeah, we're learning it. And yeah. I was talking about the roster earlier as well. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking, where's he been, this guy? I've been <laughs> for two weeks. Yeah. Man City, I can see your eyes light up. As in, yeah. I think you agree, Pep Guardiola is on a yeah. mission. Well, It's a big season for him as well. Well, he's yeah. an experienced man. He knows how to win titles. He knows what it's all about. He's rebuilt you know, his team again. Liverpool are missing some key players. Manchester United probably are a season away from potentially winning the title. And Man City, you're right, just coming up you know, and, you know, coming up on the outside, I just think they'll have enough to go on and go on and win. But isn't it great? Because, you know, f- for years and years, everybody spoke about Scottish football being boring. There was only ever going to be one of two winners. Then you look at the Bundesliga. There was only one in Bayern Munich for, for seven or eight years. Juventus won it over in Italy. Uh, Man City won it down. In, you know, and it, it suddenly became, Scottish football was just the same as everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Whereas there was one or two clubs in every country. Finances dictate an awful lot that were going to win the title. But yeah, this year in the, in the Premier League in England, we've got a competition. Very much so. And I think the most impressive thing in recent times for Man City is we know that defensively they've kind of had their issues, haven't they? Uh, but I think defensively now they're, they're looking a lot mm. a lot stronger. I, I've seen um, you know Pep Guardiola's interview around about Josh Stones, mm-hmm. which suggested for me previously that he wasn't the professional that he wanted him to be yeah. uh, in terms of on and off the field. And that, that has been the, the turning of him coming into the team and performing well, but he's still got work ahead. So I think defensively City are, are, are a lot stronger now. You've got De Bruyne who can play as a false nine. You can play De Bruyne anywhere. He's an amazing player, but yeah, no, they're in, they're in good form. Phil Foden impressing as Phil well. Phil Foden as well. What, yep. a great, what a great talent. Yeah, and if he gets more and more and more minutes, he, he could be exceptional. Barry Ferguson always mentions him as... Uh, I love that type of player. Yeah, it's his kind of guy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Um, back here in Scotland, remember this weekend then, uh, St Johnson against Hibs and St Mirren against Livy, League Cup semi-finals. Great chance for these clubs with uh, you know Celtic out, Rangers out, Aberdeen not there. Who do you fancy for these ones? St Johnson, yeah. Hibs. Well, yeah, I think the overall favourites for the trophy would be Hibs. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd look at the... You know, the budget they probably have, the quality of player that they have, you would think that if any of the four managers could pick, you know, their their, their best combined eleven, there would be quite a lot of Hibs players in it. When you look at the likes of Martin Boyle, you look at Kevin Nisbet, you look at um, Ryan Portis, yeah. you know Paul McGinn, good players through Alex Gogic as a holding midfield player. So Great there's lots the of talent, yep. terrific mm-hmm. goal. So there's lots of talent in the Hibs mm-hmm. side, no doubt about it. But St Johnston are an underdog for me. Now, I know they only won on Saturday. They beat St Mirren. It was the first league win they'd had since the 6th of November, yeah. I think it was. It was a long spell. Mm-hmm. But I'd watched them on a few occasions and I really like how they're trying to play. They've been to Easter Road and had a 2-2 draw. They've lost in a 93rd minute penalty. I think Stevie Mallon scored it for Hibs uh, at McDermott Park. So, Hibs will know. They've had the warning sign. They played at home to... Ross County over Christmas and they played at home to Livingston and they lost both games and that was a kick up the backside Big. they needed so they won't underestimate St Johnston. What's your scoreline? <clears throat> uh, I will go for Hibs 2, St Johnston 1. 2-1. Oh, that's what I, I, I 
Yep. That's what you I agree. had. Yeah, that's okay. what I had. So I was right then. No, yep. yeah. right. uh, uh, by the way, oh, yeah. we're all over it. We're and what about the it. other one then, Craig? So uh, Jim Goodwin has been doing some great things at St Mirren. It's been tough in the last uh, two weeks, yeah. but St Mirren against Livy, who are the on-form team, along with Rangers yeah. uh, in the Premier League. And look, and I like to I like to go with form, mm-hmm. uh, and and I feel that again, you know, we've touched on it a few times now. These these four teams left at this stage will be thinking, what a wonderful mm-hmm. opportunity yeah. to get to a final to have a chance to lift uh, a trophy. Um, Livingston are, for me, in unbelievable form. Unbelievable form. And I think that they're the team that can come out. I think they've scored 14 goals in their last eight mm-hmm. eight so games. only conceded three yeah. or four. Uh, so I'm going for a Livy victory over St Mirren and I'll go for 2-0. Well, the thing about St Mirren is they've already put out Aberdeen. They've already put out Rangers. So they've had the toughest run up to this point. The last thing they want to do is get to a semi-final and go out against Livingston. Jim Goodwin will just be reminding them of all the hard work, the effort, the energy they've had to put into the two games previously when they were underdogs, you know, whether they're favourites. I, listen, I think it's still tough to call. So Mern have got good attacking players, defensively strong. But you're right, I think Livingston on the form they're in, again, it'll depend tomorrow night. Depends how tomorrow night goes. If they can get another win tomorrow night or a oh. positive result tomorrow night, I would see them as slight favourites. Yes, I know Ali is absolutely furious. She's not she about will be. as a big yep. St. Mirren yeah. fan. Yep. I is think that's why she disappeared. I think that's why she walked out of the room. <laughs> that's why she's not producing. Marvin Bartley's going to join us in the programme on Thursday night along with uh, Leanne Crichton. We look forward to that. So some big games for them at the weekend. West Ham have gone one up against West Brom. Bowen mm. scoring in injury time in the first half. Well, yeah, Rangers, they, they will be kicking himself, won't they? The, the manager, Stephen Gerrard, that was a great chance to get the first silverware, but, but that's not to be. But they're going to get it now with a title. Craig Moore, you, you've, yeah, it's going to happen. You would like to think so. I Like I says, I mean, yeah. I, I think unless there's a remarkable fall. Um, but Stephen Gerrard, again, he's, he's set standards the whole season. Um, he's delivered the, the same messages in terms of one game at a time. Be humble, respect your opponent, competition for players, uh, places, which is crucial for me, that, that competitive environment. And I've no doubt that they'll go on and do the, do the business. And I'm sure he'll get a response after what was a disappointing first half against Motherwell, finish the game well, he'd be looking to take that directly into the next match. That's kind of what Rangers have done all mm. season. When they've had to respond, they have bounced mm. back and shown that they can, Stephen. Well, that, that was the big question after they lost against St Mirren, wasn't it? Everybody thought, well, we'll wait till Rangers lose a game, then we'll see what they're all about. And they haven't lost since. So, I mean, it hasn't knocked them off their stride. They haven't been as fluent since. No. But there's so many things come into that. The number of games the players have played, the injuries you're now having, so you're having to continue to go to the same players. Um, plus carrying that pressure off trying to stop 10 in a row, but also trying to get their first title. So the mentality, all these things come into it. People just think you turn up, you go out and you play your best every week. That's not the case. And the difference with Rangers this year, I've said it, is when they're not at the best, they're still winning games. They're still effective. They're managing games. They've got a swagger about them without being too arrogant because they know they're good players. They know they've got enough in their locker. You spoke about it earlier. They don't panic. There's plenty of patience and they have enough to go and win games. OK, across the city, Celtic getting ready for tomorrow night against Livy. We're going to hear from Neil Lennon uh, in a moment or two. In fact, we'll hear from Scott Brown, the captain, talking about Livy. We're obviously not in the best position, but we have got three games in hand. We need to make sure we win those games. We need to make sure we hit top form the now. We need to make sure that we keep believing as well because we've always got the faith and we've always got that positivity and we know that we can keep winning games and that's what we have to do to try and put pressure on our levels. And Ryan Christie speaking about uh, being in isolation, in his case, for the second time. Yeah, obviously it was um, 
difficult again, you know, kind of hearing the news and hearing that isolate, it's very frustrating. It obviously takes a couple of days to get your head over it, but, you know, the first time was hard enough, the second time was, you know, that was really challenging, but once again, kind of out the other side and just looking forward to getting back to football now. Craig, tomorrow night then, Livy against Celtic. What do you think? Um, they're all available, I think. There's obviously one other player with COVID uh, and they haven't said who it is. So mm-hmm. what do you think is going to happen tomorrow night at Almondville? I'm going to go with a big call, right? Yep. I don't think Livingston will lose this match. Right? I'm not saying that they go on and win it, but mm-hmm. I, I think that Livingston can definitely get something out of this match. I wouldn't match. be surprised though, would it, really? Eh? I'm sorry, I wouldn't well, be surprised with the form they're on and the players at Celtic no, ha- have had missing. If it was a draw tomorrow night or yeah. Livy won, it would be a surprise because they're beating Celtic. But in the, in the grand scheme of things, it wouldn't yeah. be that big a shock. Because it's not that big. No, I just, <laughs> I, I just mean because... This is big moment. Mate, destroyed me. <laughs> it destroyed me. But you're right. In yeah. terms of like... So, so the, uh, Livingston against Celtic at Parkhead, I looked at the stats at half-time and what really, really surprised me was 50-50 possession. You know, yeah. and and normally, you know, you got teams, you know, going to the to the bigger two and all that to to have that they, amount of possession. They started so well. That's a great point. If you saw the whole game, they yeah. really went at Celtic in the first half. Well, they had to, yeah, because it, it it would have been the best opportunity they would have had to win at Celtic Park for a long, long time. So why not go and get after it? Mm-hmm. But having watched enough games on that Astro Surf at the Tony Macaroni Stadium, I would bet on throw-ins over 40 mm-hmm. and free kicks over 60. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. That, any game yeah. I've watched there is littered with throw-ins and free kicks. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Uh, well, because the bounce of the ball, and, and because, it doesn't settle. And because Livy stopped the game, you yeah. know, and they're very professional yeah. in what they do. Their strengths are getting the ball into the box. Kieran Brown, who plays left centre half or left back, Goes all over the pitch to take long throws. Yeah. So scoreline then. Against Stephen, what do you reckon tomorrow night? I'll go for one-one. One-one. So that would be twenty points with Celtic just two games in hand. Twenty points. Craig, I know you said it might be a draw. Might be. What's your What's yeah, your scoreline? You, you keep I giving know. him the nod before, and he keeps coming out with <laughs> the score. The scorelines are exactly. You know, I'll go nil-nil, nil-nil, nil-nil. Yeah, and that would would Rangers then declare it? They no longer Done. be like the president elect. They are then the champions, aren't they? Done. Start celebrating. Yep. But we'll see what happens tomorrow night. Celtic will come back. They've been locked up for 10 days. They've had all the stick from everywhere. And uh, Neil Lennon came out fighting yesterday. He did make some good points. I mean, we were all delighted to see about the, you know, I can boogie. And we, this, we loved all yeah, that. Yeah. But he's right. There were things that we all got wrong. Yes. Um, and there's this attention on it. Listen, it's tough for everyone. We want everyone to stay well. This could affect any of us. Stay tuned to us and go radio with OPC Energy. We look forward to being here tomorrow night. It's going to be Barry Ferguson, who will be here tomorrow. And with him is Simon Donnelly. So that's a double act nice. tomorrow. Thanks, Stephen. Thanks very much, Craig. Pleasure. See Cheers. you soon. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-l. Ltd.uk